give you guys just a little, sort of set the stage a little bit on what to expect just as I'm sharing some things from the Word of God today. And the first thing is, um, if you at the end of this want notes from me, I will be glad to give you my notes. The reason I don't hand out notes is because I don't think that they would make a ton of sense to people reading them other than myself. And so I do want to go ahead and just put that out there on the front end so that way if you feel like me and you don't want to take notes um, and you can just give full attention, then you can do that. Um, we're going to talk today about life in the vine and we're going to be in John 15. Um, yeah, that was, uh, I'm so excited about that because I hear amazing teachers all the time teaching and they have these awesome titles. I know they're not important, but I, I think they're cool. And so that didn't hit me until yesterday. And I honestly, I'm going to be honest. I was like, thank you, Lord. That is such a rich title for what you want to speak to us today about life in the vine. My husband said, oh yeah, that's like life in divine, Dad joke. Okay, all right, moving on. Yeah, if Erica was in here, she's in kids. She laughs at all of Jason's dad jokes. So, yeah, so we're, we're going to talk about abiding, guys, today. And more than that, we're going to talk about what that has to do with living a life of total significance. Isn't that amazing that our Father, that is his will for our life. It, it really is. It's not just lip service. I mean, we have a God in heaven whose desire is that we would live a life of total significance, living out our destinies. And so we're going to unpack that in the process of attaining it through abiding. So I was thinking about our mission statement. How many of you could say our mission statement? It's okay, be honest, we're in church. Yeah. So it's encounter God, his freedom, your destiny. Encounter God, his freedom, your destiny. I love that mission statement because I, feels like, I feel like it paints this beautiful biblical picture of what the process is to actually walking in our destiny. We can't skip the steps in the process that our creator put in place. And I think that's so important because a lot of times we can catch ourselves striving to get somewhere with pure intentions and desire to do that, but we're skipping steps. We're skipping steps. And so I'm sharing this today because I believe that abiding, and again, John 15, 1 through 17, is foundational. We have to start there. If we don't start there, and I'm going to talk about what abiding is, if that's a foreign word. I know many of us understand what that is, but, you know, it's, it, is, it, is, it is foundational in us becoming who God desired us and designed us to be. And so I'm sharing this today, my heart is, so that uh, we would either come to understand, some of us, for the first time, the Lord, I don't know about you, I mean, I, I always think I understand something, <laughs> and then I understand it more deeply, and more deeply, and more deeply, and it's just as multifaceted, the word of God is, as he himself, I believe it, because the, the Lord is the word, and the word is him. So people feel this life is unattainable, I think, sometimes, or unsustainable, I think that helps us to identify who we are today. So if, if there are people that I've ran into in life that say, I try so hard, like I try so hard, I try so hard. I want to live that Christian life, but I, I just don't know how. And, you know, we look to teachers, amazing teachers, and people, amazing people. And I believe that we even can look to the Word of God. I do believe that the Word of God never returns void but I'm probably going to repeat this because it's in, it's in my notes later on. But someone once told me that reading the word of God without the Holy Spirit is like trying to read a sundial at midnight. All right? So, again, <laughs> again, may repeat myself, jumping around in my notes here. But I think that's important because a lot of times we try to do the things, but in our hearts, we're not abiding in the vine. Okay? And that's, a, that's an internal posture. All right, that, that, that comes before, in, in God's process, us experiencing him in his word in the way that he designed us to, to live this life of freedom and to walk out our destiny. And so Jesus set it up in a way that it is fully attainable. Guys, I'm sorry, I have this little headpiece because I talk with my hands, I'm Italian, so I might fiddle with it a little bit. All right. 
Um, so my goal today is that, and this is my only goal, so this is it, all right? My goal is that we would leave here today encouraged by the life that our Father, our Lord has designed for us through Christ Jesus. That's it. That's it. Number two, confident in how to access it through abiding in him. So if we leave here encouraged with just one degree more of depth in belief that God has set things up in a way through his word, through his divine instruction, that we can attain and sustain life in the spirit. I will say thank you, Lord. I know he's going to do it today. And so, Lord, I just thank you, God, for your spirit. I thank you that even now, God, as I abide in you, Lord, that you would flow through me and pierce the hearts of your people here today with the truth of who you are and that the byproduct of that would be that we'd leave here with a deeper understanding of who we are in you. God, that none of us would sit here today and feel like, I know this, I already have this, but Lord, that we would humble ourselves with open hearts and receive from you today in Jesus' name. So like I said, we're gonna focus on uh, John 15, one through 17. Now, I'm, one more disclaimer. I'm going to look at this a lot because if not, I'll squirrel, okay? So I just want you guys to know I'll squirrel. So we're going to focus on John 15, 1 through 17, which is abiding. But what I want to do is I want to start with some almost ground-laying truths to help put us in the right frame of mind before we step into abiding. The, there's certain things in Scripture, I think, that especially if you've been at church for a long time, you hear words and you just kind of know what they are. Um, but I think it helps sometimes to uh, uh, develop a framework in our own minds so we can receive something more fully. And so I want to start here uh, with some reminders of God's plans and intentions for us and how us seeking him starts there, serves as a pathway to this place of abiding and life in the spirit, us seeking him. And we're gonna keep it what I believe simple today. So Jeremiah 29, 11 says, for I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. You will call on me, and this is part, sometimes we don't read this, this, this second, this is 11 through 13, you will call on me and come and pray to me and I will listen to you, says the Lord. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. Makes me want to cry because he's so simple. How many of you could be honest today and say we overcomplicate things? Yeah. So I, I do want to take note here. The first thing that I want you to catch this morning is, is we must know. We must know that God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. This is really important, and we're going to unpack this a little bit. He doesn't say how to seek him. Now, throughout the scriptures, he gives us different places and spaces that we may seek him with all of our heart. But he doesn't say, seek me with all of your heart in the church service. Seek me with all of your heart when you're listening to an awesome worship song. Seek me with all of your heart when you need something. He's saying broadly, seek me with all your heart. Seek me with all your heart. And yeah, you seek me with all your heart when you're in church, of course. Seek me with all your heart when you're in the swimming pool. When you're going for the walk. When you're in the movie theater. How many of you know... This is just a little picture here I want to paint for you I'll to share the story. I, I had a, a mentor from Gateway Church, actually, Mary Jo Pierce. She was the prayer pastor. If you're watching this, I love you. Um, she called me up one day several years ago, and she said to me, she said, Pia, and she operates in the prophetic, and she's amazing. She was saved in the Jesus movement. And she said, I don't usually get words like this from the Lord, but I feel like the Lord is saying to me to encourage you to go watch this movie. I talked about this last night at Young Adults. It's a movie called Hidden Figures. I don't think that's relevant to what I'm saying. But she said, she said, I want you to go see this movie. And I, I want you to watch the movie 
And I want you to be having a conversation with the Holy Spirit at the same time about what you're seeing in the movie. And I don't know, she's pretty wise. And so she may have known exactly what she was doing. I, I don't know. I would suspect she may. She's not the kind of person that's going to be like, let me give you this counsel and advice. She's, she's so humble. Uh, uh, not to say when you, anyway, yeah, <laughs> anyway. Uh, so I just don't know. Um, but the Lord knew what he was doing. Because while I did that, and I went and I watched this movie, what that presented was a picture of how our lives should be. Every second of every day that we would acknowledge and be having a conversation with him. Now that sounds crazy, okay? But do you know it's attainable? There's a term called practicing the presence. And, I, and, you know, you can unpack that a lot of different ways. But I really believe that's what it means. It means practicing, acknowledging, and believing that the presence of God is in you and with you at all times. And, you know, we don't really do that, I think, as humans easily. But as you actually begin to acknowledge even right now, as I'm speaking, as anyone's speaking, as you're driving, you're having this conversation with Holy Spirit because he's right here. He's not just in the room. He's here before you, behind you, beside you, within you. We know the blessing song, but that's who he is. Okay? Hebrews 11:6 says, but without faith. This is important. It's another thing we want to skip. God, give me faith. Faith that'll move mountains. It's a great prayer. It's a great prayer. But God's given us our measure of faith. It's inside of us. But how does that grow? Well, he tells you right here. And many other places. I had to trim down the scriptures, y'all. There were so many. But Hebrews eleven six 6 says, But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is He's given you a roadmap here. It doesn't just say, come to God and I'll, you'll be pleased. I'll be pleased because that shows me you have faith. I, I can come to God. This is a reality. This is truth. I can come to God every day and not believe that he is. And my life's going to look very different. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that... This is the second thing we must believe, that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Diligently seek him. Jesus echoes this in Matthew 7, 7. Ask, and it will be given to you. It's from this place of seeking him with all of our heart. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be open to you. God is a rewarder. I want to repeat this. I want to speak it out. God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. He's creating incentive here. So this is something I thought about. Again, I think I'm jumping ahead. It's okay. So my son, I was thinking the other day, when we have young adults, usually what happens is we have the we have a, a lady that comes and help, cleans once every other week. Young adults is on the schedule where that's not that week, <laughs> okay? So, so when the young adults are coming, everybody knows that we're either going to get all the cleaning done on Friday and make space for everybody and make sure we have paper plates and cups and all the things that we need and vacuum because we have a dog and a furry bunny. Or they're going to be doing it on Saturday. So our son, Lucas, who is amazing, he recently turned 13, and we're already putting him to work. I don't know how to do boys, y'all. I have three girls and one boy, so I'm like, I asked Jason, I said, hey, he's like 12. Can he go get a job? You know, I'm thinking, I'm like, how do we, how do, we do this guy thing, you know? And so, <laughs> um, but my thought here with, with the Lord, this is what I want to come back to, that this is a picture of his character and his nature, Okay. If I say to Lucas, we're having guests, can you go mow the lawn? And if you do, I'll reward you. Is him mowing the lawn for Lucas? It's, it's really not. Is there anything wrong with that? No, reward your kids. Otherwise, they'll stop doing, stop doing chores. But, you know, but, but the Lord, this, here's the difference. The Lord says, I will reward you for doing something for you. That's the nature of our father. He's incentivizing right here. He's saying, I will reward those who diligently 
seek me. That blows my mind. That's his nature. Now, we can overcomplicate it to the moon and back, but that's what he's saying right there. All right. So we were created to be in relationship with him, reflecting his image. He is not a user of people. He's a loving father desiring to know which he does and be known by us, by you. 1 Corinthians, just insight. I love this scripture. I had 12 of them, but I just left it here. This is what he has for you. I has not seen nor ear heard nor have entered even into the heart of man. You know, the scriptures tell us that God will give us the desires of our heart. Again, that is contingent upon us being in the vine, being in him. We're going to get to that, okay? So that's important. That's where that matters. Our desires become his. Again, we're going to get to that. But he says here, nor has I seen or ear heard, nor have entered even into the heart of man the things that God has prepared for those who love him. How many of you know we can't love someone that we don't know? That's right. That's right. How many of you know that we can believe that someone exists even and not love them? Or know them? I believe, I can't use you because I know you. <laughs> I believe, I'm trying, raise your hand if I don't know you real well. Go ahead, anybody. Okay, back here. All right, so this beautiful woman right here. I believe she exists. I'm looking at her right now. Nobody could convince me otherwise. And that's not always the case with the Lord. We have to check our heart there. But I believe she exists. I don't know her. I don't know her. I haven't held conversations with her. I couldn't tell you, I couldn't pick her voice out of a lineup. I couldn't do that. Because I haven't dialogued with her. I don't hold relationship with her. I want to, though. You're pretty. I like your spirit, too. All right. So his heart, guys, for you, and this is what I want you to hear today, is I have a great plan for you. I have the best plan for you. I have the best thoughts, is what New King James says, for you, for a future, for a hope. That's what the Lord's heart is to you, a plan for peace, a glorious destiny. It's not lip service. Like, that's in his heart. That is his plan for your life. But oftentimes, I think that we lack understanding, which is we're human, or we lose sight of, again, the simple things, not always easy, but simple things it takes to get to that space. We can live our lives thinking that just because God said it, that it's automatic. Now, there's a difference. God said it, it's truth. All right? Anchored in that. Nobody's going to move me on that point. But just because God said it doesn't mean it's automatic. Doesn't mean he said it. It means it's automatic. It doesn't work like that. Um, many of his promises... I didn't want to say all that because I don't know that. But many are conditional. Okay. His love is unconditional. There's a distinction. Okay. God's love for you is unconditional. Now, sometimes we get that mixed up and we get into shame and all kinds of stuff. No matter what you do, his love for you is unchanging. It is unconditional. We can't even reconcile that. Because we can half the time make it through a day without being mad at somebody. You know what I mean? <laughs> but, but his love for you is unconditional. That's not lip service. And when you get into that place, side note, I want you to understand something. You, when you, once you know his love, you'll know that. <laughs> that's as kindergarten as I can say that. And that's what we're talking about today is how do we get into that space of abiding? Because that is where love is found in the vine. Everything we need is in the vine. So there are things and steps that are required of us in order to bring about this destiny that God has for us. Okay? And this is important. There was a time um, that I would see people and I would see their life and I would wonder, is this spirit led like it? Can I attain that? Now, it was kind of twofold. It inspired me, right? It inspired me. It's, it's what inspires me to, to, to be contagious with what Jesus is doing in my life. 
because it was other people's contagion that piqued my curiosity, that drew me into a deeper place of curiosity where I began to seek him with all my heart, even on new levels in that season, because I was inspired. And so I think that it's important to be inspired, but at the same time, there was another part of me that was thinking, and I've heard stories from different people who have literally have known the Lord and have been in, in church their whole entire life, and even though they wouldn't say it with their mouth, they believe in their heart that, that they've done everything. And they just can't experience Christ in the way that they hear about it, talked and taught. And I, I, I want to speak not only to those of you in the room that have felt that way or do feel that way, but also just to impart that knowledge to you that many do feel that way. Because I've had the conversations. Pia, I'm doing this, I'm doing this, I'm doing this. And it's like nothing's working. And it's all the things. Uh, we're doing the fruit. I'm going to get to that later too. We can't do fruit. We bear fruit. <laughs> we, we can't do fruit. <laughs> I mean, we can do artificial fruit, but it's like those fruit bowls on the table with the plastic. You try to bite into it. It's not. It's nasty. Anyway, so this is what I want to say. It doesn't matter who you are. All right? What we're going to talk about in a minute, it doesn't matter who you are. We're going to continue to talk about it. It doesn't matter who you are. God is no respecter of person. So what does that mean? That means that if he did it for one person, he'll do it for you. There's no exception. And even though different people are dealt different things, I heard a teacher one time say it like this. He said, uh, you know, some were given five talents, some were given one. It doesn't change the process. That's outward circumstances. God has different lives for all of us. Different color hair, different destined friendships, all those things. They're unique to us. But our process, that glory to glory, strength to strength, that's, it's a spiritual law. It's, it's pretty set. We all have to walk that out. That's important, okay? So that what this means is if you're a believer of Jesus Christ and a worshiper of the Father, you have access to this. You have access to this, period. All of us go through that same process. So it's a process of growing and maturing from glory to glory, strength to strength. And in that, we step into new levels of our destiny. That's the, that's, that's the last thing I want to camp out on before we just jump into abiding here. And this is all about abiding, obviously, but I, I wanted to set the stage too. You know, um, destiny is, is something that I think we can, we can look at it like this single blip on the, on the timeline of our life. Like, okay, I got it. <laughs> this is my destiny. There are milestones in our lives that are a part of our destiny, okay? That's why it's walk, walk out and in your destiny. Why? Because it moves with you. It's not a, a thing to be attained that's like one instance. What I mean by that is a, it's a place to be attained. And again, that comes from abiding. I'm walking in my destiny. The facets of my destiny, they shift and change. I can be in one area, maybe, and I'm going to use ministry just because it's practical and it's easy, but I could be ministering to one group of people in one season of my life. I'm abiding. Am I walking out my destiny? I am, if it's the Lord. And then another two years later, I could be over here, and I could be ministering and receiving from an entirely different group of people. Is that still my destiny? It is, if it's the Lord. So it's not this, like, thing. Like, it's my destiny to buy a house. It's, a, it's a awesome. If God put that in your heart, you're abiding in him. That's part of you. That's a little bonus, right? <laughs> you know, as you're walking out your destiny. But when, when he talks about walking, we're talking about God and this destiny and this plan he has for our life. It's a life of abiding, of walking in the spirit, where the entire way that we see the world changes supernaturally. And we know that we know that we're exactly where we're supposed to be. And there is unlimited peace in that. And again, I'm not saying it's always easy, but it is simple. So everything flows from and starts in this place of abiding in Jesus. All right. So abiding. I want to say, you know, a thing about abiding, we're going to read from John 15 here. We're going to jump into abiding. Another way of saying that really is 
remaining in, some of the translations will say remain in me in John 15, remain in the vine, um, staying in the spirit. Why is that important? Well, uh, there is a, I'm, I'm kind of a word nerd. I'm not a, like a theologian, but I love doing deep dives on words. I just think it's fun. And um, the Greek, when you study that word of, of, of uh, staying in the spirit, another way to translate that is to stay in step with the spirit or to keep cadence with the spirit. So I thought, man, keep cadence. That's kind of a cool word, right? So like when we're in this place of abiding, right? And we're like, man, we're like living our, de- what does that look like? How do we stay in that vein? And you think about, my husband's like, he immediately went to the military example, which is a really good example. It shows how different we are. And I'm thinking about drums. But, you know, it's, it's, it's the drummer. Have you ever been, the drummer really kind of sets the tone for the rest of the band. You know what I mean? When the drummer goes off, you kind of, you know, you kind of, people kind of, when you get off beat, you, well, you look around to see who's looking to see who can hear is what you do actually. But, but it, it kind of throws things off. And so the cadence is this rhythm. It's a rhythm that when you're abiding in him, when you're walking in the spirit, and sometimes the tempo is higher than others, but you're in tune. And you're just flowing with that. So to keep cadence with. So John 15, 5 says, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. (laughs) Just like that. I believe that that is one of the most powerful things that Jesus says in all of scripture. Apart from me, you can do nothing. So he is the vine. We are the branches. And what that means is everything that we need, all the nutrients, the water, everything that we need comes from the vine. Everything that we need comes from the vine. If that branch is not connected to the vine, can a branch be connected and then disconnect? Can. As far as walking in the spirit goes, we can, okay? So with that branch is not connected to the vine, it can do nothing. It will just wither, fall to the ground, wither and die. And he says that, John 15, 6, if anyone does not abide in me, he's cast out as a branch, falls as a branch and is withered. So what is abiding? So the Greek word for abide that's used most frequently I thought it was really cool. It translates to stay in a given place, okay? A given place, state, relation. I love this one. Or expectancy. How cool is that? Right? Isn't that neat? To abide in me, he's saying stay in me expectantly. Kind of nest in here (laughs) and rest in here expectantly. I love that so much. Abide, continue, dwell, endure, Be present. That's another one. Be present. Have you ever had a conversation with someone who's really not present? Have you ever ever been the one that's in a conversation and you're not present? Just saying. (laughs) I've got people ADHD. I'm talking to one person and I'm like, I need to talk to that person. How are they feeling? Oh, they're crying. You know. (laughs) So that's, uh, it's uh, it's not because I don't love you. It's because I I love. Um, And so. Yeah, so in short, remaining somewhere, okay? This is what abiding is. So you understand, just regrouping. We seek him. We find him. We abide in him. Okay? In short, remaining somewhere, staying connected. I heard uh, one time abiding, uh, a a way to say that is unbroken fellowship. Don't you love that? Unbroken fellowship. I just thought that was pretty amazing. Unbroken fellowship. So illustration, guys. So we've heard this before. I just want to make it because I think it's important. Electric outlet. Again, we're talking about a source, the branch in the vine. Everything that we need, everything we need. Again, we're going to get into some of what we get here. But everything we need comes up from that vine in and through us as his branches. The fullness we have access to of everything that's in the vine, we have access to that. The fullness, okay? So if you have an electrical device and it has a 
plug and it is not plugged into the electricity source, will it work? Does it look like it would work? See, our hearts are not put on display. No, no one can tell me if, my, if I'm plugged in or not except for me. Electrical devices doesn't seem as obvious because it's like, how many times have you guys done that, right? Where it's like, it's not working, especially with soundboards. <laughs> it's not working. What's happening? And it's like, oh, did you turn it on? Yes, I turned it on. It's not plugged in. If it's not plugged into the source, it's not going to have the power that it needs to function in the way that it was designed to function. It's really that simple. John 15, 16, again, says, if anyone does not abide in me, he's cast out as a branch and is withered. How many of you have ever felt withered? Anybody ever felt? I felt withered. I'll tell you. I felt withered. I'm like, Lord, I need to jump in the vine. But connected to the source, the vine, the opposite is true. So again, all nutrients, water, everything that flows through the vine now flows into and through the branch bearing fruit. We have been given access to the fullness of what is in the vine. John 15, 17 says, If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. By this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit, so you will be my disciples. Okay, so what's happening in this place of abiding, okay? Um, Everything, (laughs) I think, is probably the short answer. Everything. Transformation from the inside out as you stay, number one, in step with the spirit and connected to the source and not in that order. It would be connected to the source, the vine, and from that place you can hear the cadence that you can keep with. You can't bypass the process. It's not possible. It's not possible. So what do we receive? Everything. It's from this place we bear fruit of the Spirit and are transformed into his likeness, into his image. Your desires become his desires. They do. I'm telling you the truth today. There are things that I used to desire. I did not make myself stop desiring them. When Jason and I first got saved, well, I say I probably did just get saved. I say I got saved when I was 13, but I wonder. But when we both, when he got saved and we, when we both really began to run after the Lord and seek him with all of our hearts, we had no grid. We weren't raised in church. We did not have any grid for what all the rules were. Now, there are rules in here, but there's a lot of rules that aren't in here, you know, that we just didn't know. I mean, we, you know, we, we didn't know, and I'm thankful, I think, for it in many ways, but, but we just stopped doing things. Our desires completely shifted. I mean, we, we, no one told us to. You know, people, and, and both of us, I mean, again, we were late to come to Jesus. I mean, I was 27, he was 33, and, you know, we hear stories all the time, like, oh, yeah, you know, Christians are just like robots. They just do what everybody tells them to do. And I'm like, I can't attest to that. <laughs> Nobody told me nothing. <laughs> and I just began to shift how I saw things, people. You know why? Because I was abiding in the vine. Fruit is a byproduct of that when you're truly abiding in the vine. And I can testify to that. I can testify to that. You can make behavioral changes with the best of intentions, and many of us need to, <laughs> okay? You can make behavioral changes. And, and some of the, you know, skeptics of Christianity, they're right. You can hear robot, 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 and start to believe that it's true. There's not anything that's, that's untrue about that. It's just that it doesn't apply here. It's irrelevant. It's not true. It doesn't take that. We didn't know robots or churches. Churches are not robots. But you know what I'm saying. No one told us what to do. He did. The way we saw things changed. And you know what? We weren't striving because we didn't even know how to. We didn't know how to strive. There was none of that. And I'm so thankful that I can testify to that today. So we're transformed into his likeness. That is automatic when you're abiding in the vine. 
That's automatic. Now, I can't tell you how long it takes. We're all different. I understand that. But everyone has access to it. Everyone has access to it. So what does bearing fruit look like? And it says, here we go, your desires become his desires. We become living, breathing, walking, talking vessels of all of the attributes of Jesus. Wherever you go, there he will be. Because he will be within you and you are abiding in him. And that fruit being born through you will become a byproduct. Galatians 5, and in this our Father is glorified. It's cool. We try to glorify God with a lot of stuff. But in this our Father is glorified. Bearing fruit. Galatians 5, 16. And we're wrapping this up. Is that what, the, that's what I should say, right? We're getting there. Galatians 5, 16. Walk in the Spirit. And you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. There's not a problem with the spirit of God. Okay? The challenge we have is that we don't abide in him. And I think that a lot of times we don't, quote, abide in him. is because we don't understand what that means. And we overcomplicate how we need to get into that space. So I want to remind you again, it's as simple as staying connected with a living God that exists. Walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. But the fruit of the spirit, which will flow from us, according to John 15, is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Did y'all ever sing that song? So we, my, our kids did. And so here's the thing. When we're abiding... And we're bearing fruit, okay? We're connected to the vine. All those nutrients that are required for us to naturally bear fruit. Does an apple, like, have to think its way into producing an apple? Of course not. Of course not. It just has to be rooted, (laughs) receiving all of the nutrients, and it just is designed by God, like us, to bear fruit. Well, a tree's fruit, apple tree fruit, looks like apples, our fruit looks like love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, et cetera, et cetera. Okay? So if we ever want a litmus test, are we abiding? <laughs> Head over to Galatians 5, okay? Now, what this doesn't mean is this. What it doesn't mean is, I am a Christian. That person just said something really made me so stinking mad, but I exercised the fruit of the Spirit, and I controlled myself. That's not how that, it, honestly. Now, mind you, it's probably not a bad idea to go that route. It's probably better, better than, than the other route because we got people like that, like, well, I'm just in the flesh, so that's like, whoa, whoa, just use your fleshly self-control right now and we'll get you with the rest later. But, but what I'm saying is that there's a work that happens inside of you. Um, it's less about oppressing things and more about truly being in this place where what's coming up, our, our old pastor used to say, that sounds so weird, an old pastor, he's a friend. Anyway, before the Lord called us here, he'd, he'd always say, what's in the well comes up in the bucket. He's real Southern. He's like, what's in the well comes up in the bucket. And, you know, and it's so true that it's stuck with me all these years. It's just the truth. Have you ever been around somebody, you've known them for a long time, you know, and you think they're pretty great, and then to you, they just lose it. And you're like, whoa, well, I didn't know that that's the real, it's not about real. They've been oppressing, stuffing, 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 and then we explode. (laughs) It's like physics or science. It just happens, okay? It's no different with our emotions. But when we're abiding in him, okay, it's the fruits of the spirit that will naturally be born through us. We cannot do fruit. I can't put on peace. I mean, I can fake it. And be nice to people and be polite. I have family members that were extremely polite, raised in the Great Depression, didn't know the Lord. That's, it's very different, okay? Are you at peace inside with who you're talking to? That in the flesh you would be loaded with frustration that you'd have to stuff down. This isn't about condemnation. It's about access to a solution. And that's important to understand. It's not about beating myself. Oh, man, I get mad. Just seek him. Just seek him. Just seek him. Just seek him. Lastly, revelation. Do you know from this place of abiding, we receive revelation? 
again, sometimes we try to skip the process. <laughs> Lord, give me revelation. Lord, give me prophecy. God, I need wisdom and revelation. And he's like, <clears throat> like, have you acknowledged me this week? <laughs> and, and I know that seems kindergarten, elementary, but listen, like, I'm telling you, you can believe, again, going back to my dear sister, you can believe that someone exists but completely ignore them. Amen. I would never step into a room with Pastor Tiffany and just not speak to her. I, like, I, if I was with her all day, I mean, can you imagine how weird that would be? If you went into a room with a real live person who was really with you all day and you literally didn't say a word, you didn't think anything about them, you didn't acknowledge their existence. Can you imagine that? I'm sure the Lord asks those questions all the time. <laughs> we don't think about him like that. We think about him like this far off distant God. And then we wonder why people wanna walk from Christianity. It's because of that outlook. He is not far and distant. He's right here. He's, listen, he's telling me stuff right now and, and ways to pivot and what needs to happen. It's important that you don't have him in your room in your life, which he never leaves you. See, we hear that. God never leaves you or forsakes you. And what we think about is, is like, awesome. He's there if I need him. But to be honest, this might hurt. <laughs> if that's how we are operating in our life, we have to really ask ourselves, do we believe he's in the room? It's important. He's not afraid of that question. But I couldn't be in a room with Tiffany or live my whole life with her every day of my life and only talk to her however many fill in the blank. Now, it doesn't mean I'm talking to her all the time. I don't think I'd have, I mean, I have a lot to say, but I don't think I'd have that much to say. But she's there. And in my heart, I would know that. And that's our father. That's God. That's God. And we need that revelation. So in him comes the revelation of who he is. Where am I on time? Because I do want to. Okay, I, I am wrapping up. But I, I had this paragraph I could skip, but I don't think I'm supposed to. All right. <clears throat> Re he's, he's talking revelation. Revelation is a byproduct of abiding. In the same way that fruit is born, from our place of abiding, so is the revelation. It all, those nutrients I was telling you about, that includes that. That includes that. And he will give us revelation according to his, how the spirit wills. He'll give it to us if we're supposed to have it. If we're abiding in him. We don't have to beg him for it. We really don't. When we're abiding in him, we don't have to say, we don't have to beg him for that. He will give that to us. He says, seek me. Seek me with all of your heart. John 8, 31, 2. If you abide in my word, you are my disciples, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Okay, this is cool. That know right there, all right, it means to know and to learn, but it also is specific. It means to understand. So we don't just know the truth as in like head knowledge. He's saying, if you abide in me, you won't just know the truth, which is awesome, and we need to know the truth from a head, understand, head knowledge. But he's saying, he's saying, you will understand the truth. You will understand it when you abide in me. Psalm 46.10, I was like a little kid. I couldn't believe this one. I'm more excited about it than you, I'm sure. Be still and know that I am God. This has been my anthem um, scripture for so, so long, for many, many years. And um, be still when you translate that. I used, to, I used to think it was a command. I think it can be. But I learned several years ago that when you, when you study the words, it's instruction. It's instruction from God how to know him. I was like, what? <laughs> like, it's right here. It's instruction from God on how to know him. Be still. Translated is cease striving. Cease striving. And do you know another way is, this was funny, sink and relax. Yes. It's like being like noodleized is how I, I'm Italian. So, you know, like you got the hard noodles and you put the noodles in the water and they just. Brrr. It's like that. Like sink and relax. Just chill out. 
relax, abide, be still, and know that I am God. So that know, okay, am I going to say this right? It means ascertain, okay, ascertain by seeing is what the translation says. I said, what does ascertain mean? (laughs) Ascertain means to find something out for certain. To find something out for certain. And so this scripture could be translated, beloved, cease striving. Rest and relax. Just sink into me. And from that place, you will find out for certain by seeing that I am God. That's amazing. As humans, it's hard for us to wrap our brains around that because we don't understand. We think that, we think that, that resting and sinking into him, and there are times that he will call you away like he did Jesus. But this is an internal state. It goes with you. Everywhere you go, no matter what you're doing or not doing. Yes, Jesus took naps. He also walked a lot. (laughs) He did all of those things. But he did it from that place of abiding. Number two, revelation of his love comes. Guys, John 15, 17 says, These things I command you, that you may love one another. 1 Corinthians 13, 4 and 8, love, patient, kind, doesn't envy or boast, it isn't proud, it doesn't dishonor others, it's not self-seeking, it's not easily angered, it keeps no record of wrongs, that's supernatural. Love does not delight in evil but rejoices with the truth, it always protects, it always trusts, it always hopes, it always perseveres. Do you know that's his desire for us? The command that we would love one another? And isn't it interesting that it's, Planted, no pun intended, right there in the abiding in the vine chapter of John 15. Why? Because it's only when we're plugged into the source do we have the ability to bear the fruit of love, which is expressed as defined in Corinthians. When we encounter his love in this place, supernaturally through abiding in the vine, not only do we receive and rest in his love for us, but this empowers us to love others. Y'all, we see each other differently. We see each other differently. It's different. We don't strive. The Lord will begin to show you, and I want to encourage you guys in this. The Lord will begin to show you. He will show you how he sees others when you are abiding in him. And lastly, revelation, this isn't an exhaustive list, but another thing that you get there is revelation that's directional. When I'm abiding in the vine, I ask him a lot less questions. Questions are not wrong. I mean, God's not afraid of your questions. But what I find is it's kind of like I'm abiding, I'm with him, I'm, I'm having ongoing praying without ceasing. I'm, I'm, I'm connected with him all day. And I'll just hear, this is the way, walk in it. This is the way, walk in it. Go talk to that person. They're hurting. You know what? I know you see that, but don't say that to them right now. That's not me. Hey, don't do this over here. Hey, stop. Hey, I'm with you. Hey, great job, Pia. I know you were nervous about this morning. He wrote me a note on here that I didn't even, didn't even use these. Our God wants to walk with us and us acknowledge that he is because he is. There are many examples of people receiving assignments as they abide in the Lord. Moses, the burning bush, in his presence, he sent him. Exodus 3 and empowered him for the assignment all while he was doing what? Walking. You think God can get your attention? You think we have to beg God for his? No, we, we just have to learn his voice. And that comes from seeking, abiding, listening. So in summary, of course, revelation through his word that goes without saying, sundial at midnight. Don't read the word alone. Do you understand what I mean by that? Don't read the word alone. Don't go to your quiet time and read the word as if you're reading it alone. 
talk to him. If you open the Bible and you're like, it's just not making sense to me, don't say that to yourself. My husband one time said in class, he said, he said, we're thinkers, people are. He said, there's always something going on in your mind. You're either th- talking to yourself or you're talking to God. Who that is, is determined by your heart, your heart. You're not alone. If it's not making sense, tell him about it. He's right there. He's not afraid. He's not afraid. So in closing, guys, first of all, you must believe on Jesus. How do we make all this work? You must believe on Jesus as your Savior and King. It begins with an initial surrendering of your life to the kingship of Jesus. If you have not yet surrendered your life to the kingship of Jesus, I would encourage you to do that because you are missing out. You are missing out. We have a mindset that thinks that submitting to the kingship of Jesus is giving up something. (laughs) That's backwards. You're giving up a whole lot. All the plans to prosper, all the plans for good that he has for your life, a future and a hope by not receiving Jesus as your Lord and Savior. The world wants to twist that. Life in the kingdom is awesome. <laughs> so I, whatever you've learned, that's crazy. Let's just undo that right now in Jesus' name. Number two, you gotta desire it, okay? Desire is what gets us there. Desire leads to seeking. You have to walk out of here with a deeper desire to know him more. There's no bypassing that, no matter where you are. And those that have been following the Lord for 80 years, I'm just kidding, maybe. (laughs) And those who have been following the Lord starting today, he is unending. He is infinite. His facets will never be fully explored. It starts with a desire. God, what is that? What is she talking about? Or God, I want more of you. God, forgive me for my complacency, feeling like I've experienced all of you. That's crazy. That's crazy. Seeking him with all your heart. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. And lastly, commitment, guys. Commitment to constant connectivity. Say that out loud, constant connectivity. Okay? We don't plug and unplug. If we do, we're gonna live a plug and unplugged life. We're gonna feel like a stinking yo-yo. And can I just tell you today, it is exhausting. I've lived it. It's exhausting. God doesn't need to have set apart time for you to acknowledge his existence. Yes, go get alone with him. The same way I would my husband. We need alone time, but it doesn't mean I ignore him when we're in the kitchen. It's not either or. Don't overcomplicate it, okay? You can be in the same room with someone and be completely disconnected, but it would be weird. Don't be afraid to go to God and say, you know what? I don't live like you're in the room with me and in the car with me and on the phone with me and in all these places and spaces with me. I don't live like that, but I want to. And do you know what? That's the beginning of seeking him. And lastly, obedience. This is part of that constant connectivity. John 15, 10 says, if you keep my commands, you will remain in my love. Seek him and he will guide your steps. Seeking while we serve, while we work, while we sit, while we run, he's always there. He's always present. He's always there and he's always present. And so... What I wanna do today is um, I want us to, I want you to close your eyes for a minute. And and the reason I want you to close your eyes is because we are easily distracted beings. I want you to close your eyes today. And I I just want you to focus with hearts open intentionally And just imagine yourself as a little branch. And you're just plugging into the vine. And the longer you stay, the more nutrients and water and all of the things of the Spirit are filling you up. 
And I want you to ask the Lord, God, have I been connected to you? Am I living a life of abiding? Ask him. And if you have been, that's amazing. And if you need to make a fresh commitment today to just simply seek him, I want you to do that. And as you're connecting with him, say, Holy Spirit, help me to acknowledge you in every moment of every day of my life. Ask him. You don't have to jump through hoops, but ask him. Lord, help me to acknowledge you in every moment of every day. Lord, if there's unbelief in our hearts, we know you can handle it. <laughs> and Lord, we know that the most important thing in our life is what we believe about you. And as a byproduct, what we believe about ourselves, Lord, we understand today that this shapes our lives. And God, we ask forgiveness right now for not acknowledging you as a living God in every moment of our life. Lord, we want to adventure with you. <laughs> we want that life, that Jeremiah 29, 11 through 13 life. We say yes to that today, Lord. We say yes to that today. We say yes to that today. We say yes to that today. And so I want to pray. I'm going to pray here. And then I want us to go into just a, a short, just time of worship. I say short, native. There's anything even that's on your heart, just even as we're just going into the short time of prayer. I want you guys to just practice being still. Just practice being still. I know it's hard. I know we can say to do it, but it's hard. But it's simple. And as you sit and you are still before the Lord, I want you to sit with expectancy that he is starting a new thing in you today. That when you step out, even beginning right now, by his spirit, there will be a supernatural awareness of his presence in your life. That you will begin to have conversation with him and experience him in a way that you have not yet because he is unending. And so Lord, we thank you, God, for the work that you're about to do, the things you're about to speak. <laughs> we thank you that though you are our savior and our Lord, that you are best friend, that we are never alone. And in our humanity and our minds and distractions get in the way, but Lord, let there never be another day of doing dishes without full acknowledgement that you're standing right there with us. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. I want to encourage you guys again, just real quick before we roll in. I, I want you, I, I want you to, to tap into an anticipation as you practice being still, I know. But the Lord, he says, he says, be still, cease striving. And from that place, I will reveal myself to you in such a way that you will be certain that I am who you say that I am. You were destined, beloved, to live a life that was a light before men. We're living in an hour where the eyes of the world are on the church. And we're beginning to walk in the fullness of who we are, I believe, in unprecedented ways. Did you know all of creation groans for the manifestation of the sons and daughters of God? The manifestation of the sons and daughters of God. Putting that into English, it goes back to scripture. There's a scripture in Romans 8 that says, paraphrasing, but true sons walk in the spirit. Okay, that's us. Stay connected in the vine. And so Lord, we seal this, God. We thank you, Lord, just for who you are. We thank you that you're moving in this time. 
Lord, we thank you that there is no one like you, that you are our Prince of Peace, our confident. You are our high priest. You are our best friend. And that in you, God, as our source, the way that we see the world changes. We don't have to strive. We don't have to push. We simply have to rest and be still, and we will know that you are God. And so, Lord, I thank you for the journey that many are about to embark on in you. And I thank you for the stories and the testimonies that are going to begin to circulate through the church, God, because we are a people who walks with you in cadence with you, God. And we just praise you, Lord. And during this time, God, don't, don't allow us to get wrapped in the tradition, God. But reveal to us. Draw us in. Help us to imagine being nestled in the vine. In Jesus' name. Well, I hope you enjoyed the podcast today. And if you did, I'd like to ask you to subscribe to our show. That way, the most recent episode will always be in your feed, ready when you are. God bless you, and I'll see you next time on the Memphis Tabernacle Podcast.